Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website at TicketKing.com. Again, that's TheTicketKing.com. And now, for fans of the 13-time NFL champion Green Bay Packers, this is Cheesehead TV Live. Cheetahs don't stretch and neither do we. I think you're an idiot, and I mean that with the most respect possible that I can give to an idiot. Packers Hall of Fame quarterback, Jay Cohen. Jay Cohen. It's not as fun to say as equinemius. That is a perfect example of a wrong opinion. Ring the bell. Welcome to Cheesehead TV Live. I'm your host, Jeremy Vanderlyn, and across from me is Jason Perrone. Jason, how you doing? Doing great. Football is back. Football is back. It's been way too long. I'm not actually supposed to be the host, but like you were busy, so I started talking. Your host is Jason. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I, <laughs> did the Ticket King commercial already play? It did play. Oh, yeah. I was asleep at the wheel there then. Yeah. All just- right. Welcome back, Packers fans. What's up? It is another version of Cheesehead TV Live. Now, we're kind of... Test running this thing here because we're still trying to work on our live platform and make sure that it's nice and clean for all of you beautiful listeners out there. So, surprise! Surprise! It's a podcast on a Sunday afternoon for those of you who are in Lambeau time or on East Coast. So, Jeremy, we've got a lot to talk about. There's only been two days of training camp up because this is what Packers World does. We overreact. We get excited. We overhype things. And I've got a laundry list of things that we need to talk about today. Yeah, there's plenty to talk about, plenty of good stuff, and it's really nice to have any football to talk about because the last like, the last month and a half was like hell, just waiting. It dragged out for so long. So it's really good to have football back, a lot of really encouraging things happening in camp. So football's back, dude. Like real, we're, you go online, you go on Twitter, and you'll see real stuff that has happened recently with the Green Bay Packers. So you, mean so you mean I'm not going to have to watch a bunch more gifts of Brett Favre throwing the, uh, you know, 57 Razor to Andre Risen in the uh, 96 Super Bowl? Or That's great. All right, so let's jump right in. Like I said, two practices in. Got a bunch of stuff to talk about. The first thing I want to talk about is Mike McCarthy likes to throw little wrinkles at the team every once in a while, change some things up, which is good. We're going to talk about Mike McCarthy later. There's a lot to get to with him. This is an interesting season for him. A lot of change, Jeremy. We talked about Brian Gutekunst coming in as GM. We already covered that. And we've got three new, or actually we have two new coordinators. We have a new offensive coordinator, Joe Philbin. We have a new defensive coordinator, Mike Pettin. And Ron Zook is back as a special teams coordinator. Zooker. Zooker. So McCarthy had all three coordinators speak to the team. Aaron Rodgers said Mike Pettin's speech was an all-timer. Rodgers doesn't just throw that stuff out there lightly. No, he doesn't. And I think it's really interesting that, that McCarthy did this. Because that's not typical. Usually the guy that would address the team at the beginning of the year would be the head coach. But I think it's smart of a coach who's been there for how many years is it now? Like 12? I think we're 13, 12 13 seasons. 13 seasons. So he's been there for 13 years. It, you have to do something fresh and new at some point, right? This is like a refresh. It's almost like having a new coach to have other guys stand up there and talk and, and, and to not have McCarthy be the only face up there. I think it, it is a big deal. But Mike Pettin sounds like riled up the troops i mean i think that the the big thing is that the way that he talked it sounds like the defense is no longer with, uh living with the mentality of let's get the offense the ball the mentality is becoming let's win the football game yes they the defense can win the football game and that's a sadly a new mentality in green bay uh 
sad, sad and happy, a little bittersweet, because it should have been that mentality all along. The so, defense yeah. should be living that way. That should be the way that it goes. But that's where they're at right now. And, and, and Rodgers seems to be really excited about that. The problem with Dom Capers was that Dom Capers felt like the biggest issue was if he could just get every player to do exactly what the paper says on the scheme, that everything will work. So basically, Dom Capers truly believes that if you and I are, in, are playing his defense at our current weight and speed and athletic ability, but if we execute exactly what it says on paper perfectly, we can stop Julio Jones. And that was a huge problem, I think, for the Packers defense. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think Dom, Dom fully believed in Dom's system. And if it wasn't going well, it wasn't the system. It was you. It was the player. <laughs> the system's not the issue. It's the player. the player. Meanwhile, you got guys like Micah Hyde and Casey Hayward leaving Green Bay and playing out of their minds elsewhere. So Dom, Dom missed the train. Like he just, he was, Tremont said it when he came in. Everybody knew what the Packers' defense was. They knew what, what they were going to do. So the changeover to Mike Pettin is refreshing. It's not only refreshing for fans and exciting, it's refreshing and excited for players in the locker room. Dom got dumb. And we know this, and, and Capers is gone, so we don't have to spend any more time talking about him. But I will say, you look on Twitter, I saw a picture of Mike Daniels and Mo Wilkerson together. Those are little tiny things that don't necessarily mean a ton. It, but to me, I look at that and I'm like, these guys are bonding. And I think there's going to be a totally different attitude on defense. I mentioned it before, and I'm, I'm really excited about that side of the ball. So more to come on that as we see how the defense is shaping up, which uh, they've actually had some good, good plays and some good showings on the first couple of days of camp. But moving back to the offensive side, some really good news here. Last year, we all got excited in March when we found out that Martellus Bennett was coming to join the Packers. We thought we were going to finally have an impact tight end, a guy that knows what he's doing, a big target. He and Rodgers were saying all the right things. Preseason came out, looked good. And then it was the turd show during the regular season. So Jimmy Graham is here now. And already through two days of practice, Jimmy Graham and Aaron Rodgers are like BFFs on the field. Graham said he trusts Rodgers implicitly. He knows he's going get to get thrown open. He knows he can just run right through the ball. He's going to protect the, the receiver. He's going to put the ball in the right spot. That is something that you definitely want from what is probably going to be a focal point of this offense. I mean, I really think Jimmy Graham could see targets like 80 plus this season. Yeah, I think so. I think people think Jimmy Graham is not the old Jimmy Graham. And sure. I think, I think Jimmy Graham has lost some over time. He's, he's older now, but I think Jimmy Graham is much better than what we saw in his time with Seattle. And I think, I think a lot, there's going to be a big resurgence for Jimmy Graham this year because of Aaron Rodgers. The way that he talked about Aaron Rodgers, he's never talked about Drew Brees that way. He's never talked about Russell Wilson that way. Okay, so he's blown yeah, away. Right. He's blown away right. by, by what he's playing with right now. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a good year. Jimmy Graham is catching everything in camp right now. And guess what? He's not the only one. <laughs> uh, Mercedes Lewis is having a good camp, burying Jake Ryan, which is amazing. Uh Devontae Adams, is, I, I think Devontae Adams is going to have a huge year. Offensively, the weapons that, that, that Rodgers has to work with, I was going through it last. I was laying in bed thinking about the Green Bay Packers because that's what I do. So it's I, that time of year. I'm trying to fall asleep, and I'm thinking about the roster, and I'm like, okay, where's uh, the wide receiver group isn't as deep as we'd like it, right? But you think about the addition of Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, and then uh, the running back group is so stacked. Huge. Usually, there's like almost too many of them. No, no, <laughs> I can't have too many. No, uh, especially when you're going with the hot hand and, and you need uh, four or five options to have a hot hand amongst, according to Mike McCarthy, he's going to go with the hot hand at running back this season. That's one thing. One of the few things I'm not excited about 
is that whole mantra. I hope that's just coach speak, and he's not really going to do that because, first of all, Aaron Jones is out the first two weeks on the suspension. It's going right. to be Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery, number 88 Ty Montgomery, Andy Benoit. And I really don't know what to make of how he's going to approach this whole thing. The thing that makes me nervous about Mike McCarthy is he gets really stubborn sometimes. So mm-hmm. he's gonna who's he going to run, run with to start? Because he doesn't like handing young players jobs. Jamal Williams is not a rookie anymore. He ran his he ran the lights out at the end of the season when Aaron Jones was hurt last season. So I wouldn't be surprised, and I actually recommend that he be the starting back. I think Ty Montgomery is your your chess piece that you right. kind of play through the offense. But I could see McCarthy during preseason game number one sticking Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery is the lone setback in eleven personnel when they take the field for their first preseason snap. I think Jamal Williams. It's going to come down to Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery to start because Aaron Jones is hurt. Mm-hmm. Don't count Ty Montgomery out. No, not at all. Because the the way that they talk about time, Ty, they believe in him as a running back. They believe and in it, him as a lot of things. He's very dynamic, yes. Right. So I don't be surprised if he gets the start over Jamal, but I don't think that matters. I think we're going to see a rotation, a, a pretty consistent rotation of all three of them because they're all really good and they're all really different. Uh, Jamal Williams graded out really well for pass blocking last year. Before what, during the draft, somebody referred to him as a chainsaw with legs. Ty Montgomery's not a chainsaw with legs. Now Ty Montgomery's really strong, but Jamal Williams is a monster. I, I think he brings something to the game that'll be really nice in the red zone and on the goal line. That's going to be awesome. Aaron Jones is something else, man. I, of the three, Aaron Jones is the guy I like most. So I, everything that I that I know here about Aaron Jones, I've been reading through beat writers. So what I'm about to say to you, it was from a beat writer. I just don't remember which one. Aaron Jones apparently in camp looks more together. Like he, he's more decisive. He's got more burst. How is that even possible? I I was just going to say, you saw the, you remember the Dallas game? I mean, at the end of, they called two or three runs on that last drive. That's how much they trusted Aaron Jones that early in the season. He was running so well. Yeah. There's going to be a parallel conversation we're going to have later when we get to the wide receivers. That's going to relate back to Aaron Jones because what was funny was he was the middle guy drafted between Jamal Williams and Devontae Mace. And everybody was talking about Jamal Williams and Devontae Mace. Devontae Mace is going to overtake all of them. Like, watch, he's going to be the gem. Right. And he's going to overtake everybody. And, oh, we got this Jones kid that we brought in from UTEP. We drafted him. We'll see what he does. And I I had this funny feeling that he was going to kind of be the guy because nobody was looking at or talking to him. And sure enough, Aaron Jones ends up being the man. Remember when he came in against Tampa? He had he the only thing he did all game he comes in he touches the ball he runs it in and, and game over like that is why Aaron Jones has to be your guy he's the he's, home run hitter he's a home run so when he's healthy and he comes back Mike McCarthy I know you're listening to this show live right now thank you please <laughs> please for the love of God put Aaron Jones in the backfield don't make a big deal don't make it any harder on yourself than it has to be just start the man put him back there but Jamal Williams he's your he's your he is kind of your buzzsaw. And then Devontae mm-hmm. Mays, you know, Mays did not look good last season. He's gonna he's got a lot to prove. He looks really really He's big. Beefy. He, he's big. He's I, big. I mean, of, of all the backs, he is obviously the biggest one. But I don't know that they have a need for that. With with Jamal Williams being the type of runner that he is, I just don't know that they need need Mays. And I think Devontae Mays, so far, is the equinemia St. Brown of last year's camp. Of the three receivers the Packers drafted, everybody thought EQ would be the guy. Now, it's only been three days of camp, so very small sample size. But of those three guys, we haven't heard anything about Nemius at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Okay, so here's the other question. Okay? If you're going to keep Devontae Mays, 
you potentially have four running backs on your roster then. So what is what happens with the fullback position then? Because McCarthy loves his fullbacks. you got to have at least one. They're special teams bodies, and they run some eye form. So what is the scoop here? I, I mean, I, to me, you've got Aaron Ripkowski. you got Joe Carriage. To me, it's no contest. It's the right. ripper. It's the ripper all day. But is, is he in danger of not making his team this year? I'm a big ripper fan. I love fullback. The fullback position is my favorite position in football, which is sad because it's dying, but it's it would be a, a bummer for me if they didn't carry a fullback just because I love the position so much, but they might not need it because Mercedes Lewis was brought in because of his blocking ability. They can use him as an H-back. They can bring him into the backfield and let him be the lead blocker. They have so many uh, guys trying to get onto this roster with talent that carrying a fullback might be a bad choice, but I mean, let's wait and see because Aaron Ripkowski is actually a lot of fun to watch, but he's actually, uh, the guy can be quite useful catching the ball out of the backfield. We've seen him run people over, which is funny because in college, he didn't really do a ton with the football. I think in college, I think he might've had like six or seven. It was such a small number of receptions. He barely ever touched the football. I think he can be useful. I just don't know. I just don't know that you can keep a fullback on the roster when you have a logjam at running back and at wide receiver. Even though the depth isn't quite what we want it to be, they drafted three receivers. They have guys from last year that are that that might make the roster. Trevor Davis could end up on this roster. I I I'd be a, a little shocked, but there's just there's a logjam at a lot of positions on the team, and I don't know that they have room for a fullback. Well. And the other thing too is you got all these wide yeah you got all these wide receivers there's there's going to be a shortage somewhere so where that where's that going to be you got a lot of a lot of positions that are stacked and a lot of competitions that are going on and one of them I know we're skipping around right now but it's just it's kind of exciting because there's there's a lot to talk about but one of them is at defensive back and cornerback you've got a very interesting situation where you have two rookies, mm-hmm. Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander that are going to that are going to make an impact and they're both they're making this roster. There, there's no question about that. Devon House is back, Tremont Williams is back, Kevin King is back. Kevin King is back in a major way. Kevin King with the first pass from Aaron Rodgers in training camp picks the ball off. Now, apparently this interception was marred in controversy and Aaron Rodgers disputed that it was actually an interception. Said that Cobb came away with the football. Sounded a little kind of Seattle Monday nightish. Yes, you know I know that was the the example made when he was asked when Rogers was asked and Rogers uh, poo pooed that and said it was ridiculous. But um, this team is kind of almost in like an early to mid season form with their attitudes. I like. Oh it. yeah, they're like real pissy and ready to win. Like that's their their mindset is winning. That was day one, and Rogers d- is disputing an interception. Uh, it was not only day one, I think it was early in practice too. So they're ready to roll. It was roll. the first throw. It was his first throw yeah. in, the, in, in all of training camp. But Kevin King, the big question with him was, is he going to come back from the shoulder injury? And is he going to be what they need him to be in his second year? Because honestly, everyone's talking about the rookies. Everyone's like, oh, Tremont's mm-hmm. back. Devon House is back. Right. If Kevin King didn't show up or doesn't show up ready to go on day one, there's a there's a, a gap. You know, there's, right. there's kind of a, a little bit of a hole there, a corner, because you need him to be a consistent starter and available every week. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, I, I never had a, a thought that Kevin King wouldn't be ready, but I guess I'm always optimistic, like a little too optimistic sometimes. I, I can be a little bit of a homer, and I think everything's just going to work out perfectly. But I I thought Kevin King would come back ready to roll. 
but it sounds like he's more than ready to roll. It sounds like he's taking a jump. And Devonta Adams actually talked about him and said that he has all the tools to be great in the league and compared him uh, physically to Richard Sherman, which was which was very hyperbole. exciting. Come hyperbole. on, come on. Like <laughs> as a Packer fan, though, to hear to like even dream about having a guy like Richard Sherman on the roster sounds awesome. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about Kevin King, but these rookies, Jair Alexander coming in to to play slot in the nickel. I did see a video of him get burned by Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Oh, yeah. Burned, just these, absolutely burned. These guys are going to get burned. But here's the thing. Here's what I like, okay? They're, these are young cornerbacks. You want them to get up to speed. If there's any situation that's going to get a young cornerback ready to play in the NFL, it is facing Aaron Rodgers and these receivers, these right. veteran receivers, every day in practice. So I saw a video or a gif. Uh, actually, it was a video of a snap where Josh Jackson was on Randall Cobb. And Randall Cobb was kind of split out wide. And Jackson literally from his in his transition stumbled and it was very very ever so slightly and that right there was the difference Cobb got a step on him and it's a breakaway touchdown and he's gone so these guys are learning how big a slight mistake can be at this level and hopefully by the time they get into games they know okay my footwork's got to be on my mechanics have to be on like I can't slip up and just catch up this isn't college anymore that's that's going to be a huge thing I think in getting some of these these corners ready to go because Alexander and especially right away, because he's, he's coming in with the ones and Jackson, they're, they're going to be needed week week one and right away. Well, I I mean, I think you're right that they're all going to get burned. But that video of, of Marcos Valdez-Scantling, I'm just going to say that was crazy. And if you haven't seen that, you make sure you, you should make sure you go see it. But playing against Aaron Rodgers, you're absolutely right. Th- these guys are going to be ready to roll day one because they're playing against the best quarterback in the NFL in practice day in and day out. Um. There, there's so there's so much to talk about on this team right now. Sharp we do and have iron. a couple. We do have a couple questions. Sharp and iron. Yeah, sharp, sharp and iron with iron. Okay, first question is from Draft Hobbyist. What's up, Draft Hobbyist? Is Hundley our QB four now? So we're going to talk about the quarterback battle. Apparently, Tim Boyle is having like the best camp out of all the quarterbacks that are not it's named the, Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's three days. Three it's days. Just in. been three days. Three days in, and yeah, is Hundley our our fourth quarterback now? Well, if you ask. All of the pundits out there, I would I would guess so. Uh, I guess Hundley and Kaiser looked a little timid the first day. Second day, they were throwing deep a little bit more. Listen, Brett Hundley and Deshaun Kaiser, I, I, I would – anything is possible. They cannot both possibly be on this team this right. season, right? I don't think so. I think I think Kaiser's the number two. I think Hundley's off the roster one way or another. And I don't think they're going to keep three. I don't think Boyle's on the roster. Okay, no. I mean, we'll, Boyle Boyle's practice squad though. I, he'll he'll end up being the Joe Callahan of of this year's. Everybody's practice squad. so afraid of the 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 next uh, Taysom Hill and missing out. Look, it's been three days. Let's see how Boyle's doing. After let's give it two weeks. Practice give it squad. two. Give it two weeks before you really form any solid opinions on anything that you're hearing. Good for Tim Boyle. He's having a good start. Awesome. Let's see. Let's see if he can continue that. Two days in. As far as Hundley goes, I wouldn't say he's QB four. If somebody gets hurt, he's the guy. If Kaiser gets hurt, Hundley's the guy, the right. backup, right? Because between the two or between the, the the three guys to be backup, he knows what's going on in Green Bay. He's been there for a while, and yes, last year was an absolute train wreck. But I'm pretty sure they're not going to hand the number two job to Tim Boyle. No, that's they, not if they happen. played a game today. And all of these guys were healthy at present status right now. If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, Brett Hundley's going in because of his time and knowledge of the offense. Even if Kaiser's a better athlete, quarterback, thrower, you know, he's just not quite there yet, and that's how McCarthy works. So eh, QB four, maybe a little bit of maybe a little bit of a reach there, but 
He could be. I mean, because he could be end up being the guy that they they try to trade away. I still just don't know what they're going to get for Hundley in a trade or what kind of value he holds at this point. That can change very quickly if a team uh, gets an injury and and uh, they go full uh, at Los Angeles Chargers. Which man are the Chargers getting hit hard? But this is not a Chargers show. All right, Grave Digger ninety three, first time listener. Thank you, Grave Digger. Wondering how Mo Wilkerson is looking the first two days. I haven't heard anything about Mo Wilkerson. Right. Nobody's talking about him yet. But like we said, it's three days. Uh, family night is this coming weekend. Give it some time. We will hear more about Mo Wilkerson, but there is one defensive lineman we have heard some stuff about. Montrevious Adams apparently is having a good camp so far. And we heard last year some guys talking about his pass rush moves uh-huh. and how skilled he is. Apparently he's putting that on show. Now it's against some of the some of the guys who are pretty deep on the roster as far as offensive linemen go. So he's, he's got to continue that success as he moves up the ranks. But apparently he's, he's doing really well in one-on-one so far. It's been one day of padded practice, though. This defense, and this defensive line in particular, because Kenny Clark is going to absolutely burst through the seam this season. Mike Daniels is Mike Daniels. Mo Wilkerson, if they can get even a fraction of what he used to be out of him as a rotational guy, don't forget about Dean Lowry, Rockford, Illinois' finest. You know They have, a and Montrevious Adams, they've got a really good rotation of guys up front that's not just going to help clog the lanes, stop the run. It's going to help the pass rush the pass rush might end up needing some help. So speaking of which, those one-on-one drills, did you hear Kyler Fackrell? Kyler the Animal Fackrell beat David Bakhtiari (laughs) in a one-on-one drill, which was absolutely amazing. And then then Fackrell lost his one-on-one battle to uh, Jason Spriggs, which of all of the linemen (laughs) on on the Packers roster, that's the last guy you want to lose your one-on-one rep to. Jason Spriggs is the the starting left tackle now. That's how that... Left, not right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Bakhtiari lost to to Fackrell. You're done. You're done. We're not... You're done. No, it's... He had one win last last training camp. He had one one one-on-one win I think that I think that's it was a very he had a very bad showing last year in one on one. So good for him. Good good for him. First day in pads. He's beaten David Bakhtiari. I wouldn't expect him to do it again. No, but, not at all. But I'm glad, you know, good thing Bakhtiari likes is good at and likes to play FIFA with Aaron Nagler online because he might end up having to do that all season. If, oh, yeah. if Jason Spriggs takes his job. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Bakhtiari, if you're listening, we love you to death. You are the best left tackle in all of football. But I okay, so but here's seriously though, Jeremy, Fackrell's gonna be on this team because they need that depth at uh, outside linebacker. So you put into any stock into this thing at all? I think you've already answered that question. You no. pretty much are like, no, Nothing it's two yet. Days in. Two weeks. I need two weeks. I need okay. a bigger sample size. So And in a game. So what you know, the thing here is we'll talk about everything that we'll talk about everything we're hearing at camp, but everything you hear, take it with a grain of salt for at least two weeks. Pay attention to it, look for trends. So far, the sample size is so small. The trend right now is um, that Kyler, Kyler Fackrell is the best pass rusher on the team, and Jake Kumro is going to make the roster. So that I mean, and Tim Boyle's the best backup on the team. So these are the these are the trends in three days. So we got to wait a little bit to to see how Fackrell does. But I do think he makes the roster because they're just not very deep there. Yeah, they've got well. Okay, so we can we can kind of go there for a second. So Clay Matthews. Gets hit in the nose with a softball during the charity softball game. He mm-hmm. has rhinoplasty surgery. Doesn't that sound crazy? Don't you expect him to come out with like a big horn on his nose? <laughs> so he's going to wear a face guard. And uh, Bakhtiari did stand up Clay Matthews in his one-on-one drills. So yeah, he redeemed go. himself. He got, yeah, he, got, he got his job back. All right. So he got his job back. Yeah. So, but, you know, Clay Matthews is going to be Clay Matthews. But the reality is, is that he's not going to play 16 games. And then there's that other guy 
who definitely isn't going to play 16 games. Nick Perry starts training camp on the physically unable to perform list. What is the deal with this guy? He just can't. It's the same deal that we've known forever and ever. We always know Clay's going to miss some time. Perry's going to miss some time. And they both play the same position. They're both counterparts opposite each other, and you can't afford to have them both out at the same time. But unfortunately, they're going to both miss time together. Look, but that's why – that's why that defensive line group is so important. That's, mm-hmm. that's as deep and as good yep. as it is because that's where the pass rush is coming from this year. They said it in the offseason. They are going to focus on getting some pass rush up the middle. So Clay doesn't have to be the guy, and they don't have to have Nick Perry every week. You know, that, that's, that group sucks. It, it doesn't suck. It's just not deep enough. It's not deep enough. I, I would like to see a little bit more there. We ha- actually have a question about outside linebackers from Gravedigger. He asked, uh, he said he's anxious to hear what's going on with Vince Beagle. So far, I haven't heard a thing about I Beagle. heard one thing so far. He is by Clay Matthews' side everywhere they go. Everywhere Clay goes, Vince Beagle goes. That's good. I keep seeing that, uh, that SNL skit of Matt Foley, Chris Farley, you know, everywhere I go, you go, and then he collapses into the table. Uh, anyway, okay, so that's a reference for all of you <laughs> SNL watchers from the 90s. Vince Beagle is a huge, huge um, storyline, I guess, because there was a lot of hype about the team believing in him. He was one of the reasons they didn't take a pure pass rusher in the draft because they believe that he's going to step up and be good. Don't forget about Oren Burks. Oren Burks is gaining a lot of uh, a lot of play and a lot of interest. Yeah. He's got a lot of athletic ability, and I think uh, you know the hope is that – he can maybe win some of that playing time away from Jake Ryan. Now, Jake Ryan getting planted by Mercedes Lewis isn't going to help his cause much, but that would be that would be a big help. And I don't know if Burks is more of your kind of hybrid linebacker safety type where they're going to play him more in the middle, if, if they're going to try to give him any reps on the outside. I don't know. I mean, if he's got the ability, you play him where, where he's best used. Right. Uh, Stacy Dales on the NFL Network said that it sounds like the team thinks that Oren Burks of all of the rookies will be the one to have the biggest impact. That's big. That's coming from like a legit source. Right. So the thing, I mean, the thing with Burks is that he, he's tall. He's really long. He's got long arms. And because of that, he can cover a lot of space. He's not really a big linebacker. Uh, so he's not like a prototypical inside guy, but he's the cover guy. He's the guy that's going to come in uh, and play on passing downs. And I, I'm excited to see Oren Burks because we're hearing a lot about him, but you know, we don't, we don't really know a ton about the guy. He played at Vanderbilt, so he's going to be pretty smart. But we we have to see have to see him on uh, on film, playing some preseason games, hear more about him at camp. But so far, the hype is pretty high on Oren Burks. Uh, doing what he does. Doing what he does. Well, the defense. Okay, so Mike Pettin has got this defense looking very multiple. A lot of lot of multiple, a lot of formations, a lot of different things going on. There was some scuttle that. Quentin Rollins was out of position as a corner. He should be moved to safety. And so far, I have heard more about Quentin Rollins than I would have ever wanted or, or expected thought. over two days. Right. So much Quentin Rollins going on right now. So they had him playing that that hybrid linebacker role. They have him back at safety. Um, we'll get to this in a second. They have him uh, as a potential punt returner coming off of a, a no. major Achilles injury. No. So well, they, he took reps. He took reps back there. So right, but why so did you... Tremont. And right. Tremont's 35. He's not going to – He's who are they trying to fool? He's not returning punts. I, uh, Trevor Davis. You know, Trevor Davis is a whole other topic when we get to the receivers. Like, we have a question about the receivers and which of the t- young – Valdez Scantling was... was off getting a drink, and, and, and so was 
uh, Jair Alexander, they were they were somewhere else, and so they just needed bodies, so it wasn't just Trevor Davis over there returning punts. It's not going to be Quentin Rollins, and it's not going to be Tremont Williams. That's Why are they happen. wasting time having him having him take reps away from like a Jair Alexander, somebody who could actually do the job? I don't know because I don't think they did that other than that one time. They didn't have those two guys back there yesterday. So basically, the, the beat writers are just reporting literally everything that, everything that happens. And we're the ones that are right. now creating the look, hype. And we're, right. we're, I'm that guy. Right. I'm that guy right look now. Look for the trend. Look for the trend. So far, it happened one time. My it's entire Monday morning post on Cheesehead TV tomorrow morning is going to be about Quentin Rollins and the breakout season that he's going to have. Now, yeah, I mean, let's talk about Quentin Rollins. Other than punt return, they are moving him around an awful lot. They have him playing some safety. They have him playing linebacker in the nickel, and they've had him play slot, but mostly he's played linebacker and safety in practice so far. I think that is extremely interesting. I think that guy's skill set is best for the safety position. When he was in college, one of his best skills was finding the football that was in the air. I think the I think his his abilities lend towards more towards playing zone than playing man. One hundred percent. Right. So why not put the guy back deep and let him play some safety? And it sounds like that's what the Packers are doing. He did have one interception in college that looked extremely like the Nick Collins interception in the Super Bowl. Now I'm not saying he is Nick Collins, but I just I like the way that he he tracked the ball down. And not only did he track it down after he got it, the return that he made was pretty solid. I I, I think his ability playing deep. We'll see Quentin Rollins reach his potential if he's playing safety. Most I, I the, believe that. Yeah, most of the plays that he made, I think, is when everything was in front of him. I don't think he's ever been like a great cover guy. Like, I was at the Seattle game two years ago when they stopped the Seahawks late in the season. And I think Rollins had two picks that day. Mm. And he was just in the right place at the right time. But that's kind of the, the hallmark of a good safety. And so that's probably smart. And they have to also have to figure out what they have in him. Can he contribute? Because they need special teams bodies. And they also need to know if they're going to keep him beyond this year because after this year, I think 15, 16, 17, 18, yeah, they have to figure out if they're going to bring him back or if he's healthy enough to play. But he's obviously recovered well from that injury, which was surprising. I thought he was he was a guy that might not even start the season. So speaking of guys who we thought might not start the season, all of a sudden Brian Bulaga is potentially on pace to, to be back for week one. How awesome is that? Do you? I, 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 it was the best news I could have possibly heard because mm-hmm. right tackle – was going to be kind of a big question mark. Spriggs was has been bad for the last year. Then you've got Kyle Murphy. Kyle Murphy got hurt at the beginning of last season. He right. was doing okay, but I don't know how well he was going to be. I don't. I don't think they brought Byron Bell in to be a starting tackle. No, he's a backup. McCray's a guard. McCray can you know sub in a tackle if he needs to. So that was a big question mark. But if Bulaga can go week one, that's big. So I think it's Bulaga. Bulaga's going to be able to start. Byron Bell is going to be the backup at right tackle. Murphy is going to be the backup to the right side of the line. McCarthy said Swing. he wants to keep him and Bell. on the right side. He does not want okay. to move Murphy to both sides. Okay. He wants him just on the right side. Okay. And then I think uh, Jason Spriggs is your backup left tackle. And he can, sure, he could probably play both positions, but I think Bell is the mm-hmm. primary at right tackle. So yeah. if Bulaga gets hurt, we're probably going to see Bell uh, in the season. So And don't forget about Cole Madison, too. So he hasn't joined the team yet because he's dealing with a personal matter, but the offensive line suddenly, with Gutekunst giving credit for the Bell signing, suddenly at least has the depth. And it's not mm-hmm. Don Barclay type of depth. I mean, right. it's like guys that can step in and actually play and do well. I mean, I think the only position right now that I'd be a little bit nervous about because I don't feel like they have a pure solution right. is center if Lindsay goes down. Don Barclay is a great guy and a great Packer as long as he's not playing for you. <laughs> <laughs> Don, Bar- Don Barclay and who is 2011? 
Marshall Newhouse. Marshall Don Newhouse. Barkley and Marshall Newhouse. May you still, always live in Packer lore, but I you will never even uh, be invited into the Packers Hall of Fame, not even as a guest. Okay, <laughs> so um, we do have a couple before, chat questions. Okay, so let's get to those. Let's get to those. What do we got? Uh, let's see. I don't want to miss any of them. One so, of them is asking about receivers. We're going to get to yeah. receivers, so hobbyists hang in there. All right. And then who's Alexander's grave, grave digger says Jair Alexander's returning punts this year. I think so. I think it's either him or Ty Montgomery. Cause you got to get Ty Montgomery on the field. Yeah. There's a log jam at running back. You got to find a way to use Ty Montgomery. He returned punts and kicks in college, but he's not durable though. Do you want, I mean, it, but here's the thing. The punt has turned into a fair catch fest. Yeah. So you just need a guy that can catch the football. Do you really want to put Ty Montgomery back there in the event that he doesn't wave his hand for the fair catch? He gets plowed. Right. He's going to get hurt. As soon as you start wrapping guys in bubble wrap, they're useless. Just get rid of them. So yep. you got to put them on the field and see if he can get it done. If he gets hurt, fine, whatever. But you got to play the game. You know, you right. got to play the game. So right. I think Ty's got to get a shot at, at returning punts and kicks because he's not going to be. I don't think he's going to be the primary. Well, back. he's a kickoff returner. He's he's done it before. I can right. see that. Exactly. Punts is a different story though. Uh, so I I think Ty's got to get a shot. Jair has to get a shot. He's a speed guy. He's uh, he's. I think Jair is is a freakish athlete. Like he's he's short, Seems but like that it. guy. I think that guy as, as a returner would be a lot of fun to watch. And I, I really just think as camp goes on, you're going to see the names like Tremont Williams and Quentin Rollins trickle out of that. And you're going to start seeing Valdez Scantling, uh, Jair Alexander. I think Ty Montgomery will start Oren getting Burks, some of that. Uh, all the rookies. Are the, the Well, I'm saying just for punt return. Because Oren Burks isn't going to return any punts. That would be amazing. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't it? <laughs> Your best defense. I don't know it's if like it Charles, would. It's, I like, it's like the Charles Woodson redux. Now, speaking of comparisons here, Hobbyist says the Nick Collins, the Nick Collins comparison is a lot. It wasn't a direct comparison to Nick Collins. That was kind of like a, I want to make that comparison, yeah, but, but I want to see Quentin Rollins play safety. And Nick Collins was so damn good. And I think what he means yeah. by this is I like that a lot as in I really I really like that idea. That sounds amazing. But, you yeah, know, yeah. just like I like the idea of Kevin King we, being we Richard hope, Sherman. Yeah, we hope, that that's, we hope that that's what it is. But I just want to be clear. We're right. obviously yeah, not we're not, we're not, yeah, we're not there. Directly we're not there. It's just that one play just reminded me of Nick Collins. Okay, so here's the thing. Interesting. Interesting. We were talking about Quentin Rollins and getting guys in the right spot. We know Pettin's going to be more multiple. Gary Ellerson from The Fan reported that during individual drills – Tremont Williams was in some formations um, in its safety. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. I, I do. I think as he ages, moving to safety is going to be a wise choice, which I think is what everybody always thinks about corners as they age. We'll just put them at safety. Um, but I think for Tremont, I mean, I, I, I love the idea of Tremont back deep, just looking for the football. I think that sounds awesome. But what I'm getting from this more than anything is that they are not totally satisfied or settled with who they think is going to be the starting safety next to haha -Ha clinton Dix. oh no because no, we're no. not seeing we haven't heard anything about josh jones other than the fight that he had uh with jimmy graham, with jimmy graham which is awesome good it's yeah. good because there haven't been any good boxing matches lately i was with a friend out last night at a barn and we were watching this matchup or whatever it was on on some you know 15th espn channel i'm like when is the next decent boxing pay-per-view going to come out so apparently we missed it it was a training packers training camp yeah we missed it. But the first fight, first day in pads, and I did not expect it to be Jimmy Graham. No, or Josh Jones. Right. So, but, but, okay, so you got, you, so Josh, and I haven't heard anything about Bryce either. He's not hurt though, so I'm happy right. about that. Right. Yeah, sweet. Somebody's not <laughs> hurt. Control Bryce is not injured. Uh, I Yet. think, I think back to the safety position, they're not settled there, but what I don't understand is why, if you're not fully settled there, why you haven't gone out to grab one of these guys, uh, Vaccaro's out there, um, 
what's the, Eric Reed? Eric Reed is is sitting out there. Yep, Trey Boston. Uh, Trey Boston just, just got signed. signed. He signed. He signed with the Cardinals. So I think. he, yep, he's with the Cardinals. So that's, I mean, but there there were like four or five guys sitting out there as free agents that would would be awesome depth and at this point would not be expensive because they've well, sat for too. There long. has to be mutual interest though. So right. I don't know if the, you don't know we don't know if the Packers have reached out. I mean, I'm more encouraged that they've tried under what I've seen from Gutekunst in these short seven months than I than I was when Ted was here. Well, people have talked about uh, bringing in Dez. Uh, you know, they've talked about... Oh, he's going to sign with the Browns, apparently. So Right. So, Dez has been a hot topic, but how come nobody's talking about the safety group? Because other than HaHa Clinton Dix, I'm not so sold on anybody that's there, and which is why they're trying Quentin Rollins at safety, which is why they're trying Tremont at safety. They're not totally sold on what's there either. So maybe they're just waiting. Let's wait and see what the guys that we have do. There's plenty of guys out there to, to go grab. Let's give it some well, time, maybe. Okay, but you know what, though? I think you make a good point here because my thought always is, is they're going to sign a guy. Who are they going to cut? Okay, or who are they going to short? But I think with some of the young corners, because who's going to make up the bottom of that cornerback group? Lindsey Pipkins uh, or maybe Josh Hawkins. Right. And I could see them. If they bring, if Vaccaro is available and you bring him in, you easily send Josh Hawkins or Lindsey Pipkins off into the sunset. Right. See you, you know, later. if you have a chance to, to solidify that depth at safety, you got to know what you're doing. But I, I always thought that, they saw Clinton Dix, Jones, and Bryce as your rotational three, and then you need a fourth guy that can play special teams. Just to give uh, Draft Hobbyist some, you know, I, I don't want to put him out there and make him sound crazy. He did say he's not putting him in the Hall of Fame. He just thinks they have a similar skill set between uh, Quentin Rollins and and, uh, and totally Nick agree. Collins. Oh, totally agree. Yeah, I think, totally they, I think they do too. So it remains to be seen, but I don't think his best position is corner. Okay, so we've been all over the place. We have not talked about um, – the rookie receivers, which was. So that's next up on the list. So great. Um, but before we do that, do we want to talk about the undrafted free agent darling name that has come up over and over again? Cause it's a lot of fun to say, and it's probably going to make a lot of you want to run to your local bar really quickly. It is linebacker Greer Martini. Yeah. And he has been on the starting unit for kickoff and kick and it, return. Yep. So that is the, that's a good indication that he's got a chance to make this roster. And, and he's getting some play with the with the second uh, second group on defense. So Notre, Notre Dame, so you know he's right. you know he's smart. So I think the I think that's the trend you always have to look for in camp as far as un, undrafted guys go and young guys go. Are they are they running are with they the ones on special teams? Are they running with he's the ones? He's running with the ones right now on special teams yep. and and so we got to see him in a game, but I feel like that's a that's a really good tell for him so far that the team believes he could be a guy that they put on the roster. That's where he's going to earn his spot is some special teams, and it's not like inside linebacker super deep or anything, right? So he's got a real shot if he can if if he can hit that play in that role and, and uh, do his job. I would not be surprised if, if he's a guy. That, and nobody was talking about him at all until right now, until camp started. Right. Well, and that's the key, though. I mean, until camp starts, who cares? Until the pads come on, who cares? Until they start playing preseason games, who really cares? Right. You know, right now it's all hype, and it's like, you know, Ryan Wood and Rob Domofsky and all those guys are going to be like, you know, so-and-so just beat so-and-so down the line, got a rise out of a crowd, and then everyone at work right. is like, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to be the next, you know. I got to retweet Rob Domofsky right now. I got to get this out of my Twitter account because this is oh. happening. So, everybody, so then, you know, they get their, they get their followers from – from hyping up anything that they see in camp because fans eat it up. But trends, that is the thing to look for. That's the key word right. for camp. Take If you take anything away from this show, trends. Right. What is okay. the trend that you see? Well, okay, so let's get to the topic everybody wants to talk about it and is, is excited about. And there was a question about the young wide receiver. So let's get let's talk about the receiver. So first of all, 
there was a guy that I was kind of excited about because I wanted to see what he might do, and this would be would have been year two, and that was Michael Clark. He played some snaps in the last two preseason or last regular season games last year. Had that right. nice diving catch against the uh, uh, the Vikings, and then he retires. So right. you said trends. Now here's the thing. This is interesting. A lot of and my first thought too was he's retiring. He wasn't injured. He's got to be retiring because he sees the writing on the wall. There, he's not going to be kept. So I think this probably does bode well for the young guys, even though EQ St. Brown hasn't been really talked about widely. I think he's still got a good chance to stick if Michael Clark's like, yeah, I played last year and I actually showed some good mm -hmm. upside, but I'm not making this roster. Right. Well, I think it's unfortunate if he decided to retire because he felt like he couldn't compete. I would think he probably decided to retire because of the same reason everybody, every young guy that's retired recently the dangers of football. So Clark's gone. That leaves opens up the, a spot. That leaves the the door open even more for one of these young guys to jump in. And there. Trevor Davis, because Trevor Davis has been a lightning rod. Does right. he does he make this team? Does he not? He had that idiot move at the airport and just doing dumb things that aren't lending himself to to being part right. of this team. But he had a big catch in practice the other day. He still got that blazing speed. He's got special teams value. Right. So maybe this opens the door for Trevor Davis. I do not trust or believe. I don't trust Trevor Davis. I don't believe he's going to make the roster. He could prove me wrong. I welcome that. That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. But there's too much talent. And we'll, just looking at the three that they drafted, Jamon Moore is having a good camp. And it sounds like the team it really likes where he's at. He's connecting with Aaron Rodgers. playing Rogers. multiple spots, too, which right. is also a very good sign. So there's – there's all this young talent, and Trevor Davis last year was questionable at best as a punt and kick returner. His, right. his Just his decision-making, not his physical ability. Great, if the oh, guy fielding, saw— Fielding punts inside the 10. And, right, yeah. yeah, making the decision when and where to field the ball. The guy is not trustworthy in that position to me. And then I have to ask, okay, so then where's his value? If he's not trustworthy as a, as a punt or kick returner, where's his value? Well, he, he hasn't shown to be a good receiver either. So I'm not buying anything with Trevor Davis until like after game three of the preseason. If he, if he can put on a consistent show that he's improved, fine, I'll, I'll buy in. But Trevor Davis, to me, I don't think he's on the roster. Jamon Moore's having a good camp. Valdez Scantling has had some moments, and we have not heard anything about Equinemius St. Brown. But don't count him out yet. The guy physically, just watching a couple of videos from camp, he looks awesome. I mean, he looks physically like he's he's dominant. So he did have a play. I forget who was playing corner, but he did have a play where he just he's just, he was just too big. So he ran a slant and just basically was dominated, Wasn't physically dominated to get it on the inside there, mm -hmm. which is going to be something Jair struggles with, playing up on the line and having to jam a guy like that. Like, dude, 6'5"? Yeah, 6'5". Six, 6'5", five. Six, five, not only is I think he's like 217, 215, mm -hmm. so he's somewhere in there. Big, big receiver. Uh, I, th I think he could be – I think Equinemius can be the best of the three, but so far it's Jamon Moore. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you there. And if you – so if you think Geronimo Allison is going to be on this team, and I think he will be, there was some talk about he might not make this roster, which uh, it, with Michael Clark leaving the mix, I don't know why on earth you would let Geronimo Allison go because he right. he's got a good, good thing going on with Rodgers. You have – if the three rookies all make it, and then you've got Adams, Cobb, and Geronimo Allison, that's six – Mm -hmm. wide receiver so if trevor davis stays he's potentially the seventh guy you'd have a seventh wide receiver which you mm -hmm. could do if you're not gonna keep a fullback like you said or right. depending on what they're gonna do with some of the other position groups so they're gonna but if you're gamble. not gonna keep a fullback do you keep an extra tight end i mean 
you know, that's you have Lance to Kendricks. And that's Lance Kendricks. And I think they have to keep Lance. Ken I think I think they need. That's a very veteran group, and I I would feel better keeping Kendricks, especially if you're going to go. Forget who said it, but I did hear somebody talking about um, not not keeping Kendricks because we know what he is, and you know, keeping one of those young guys to Bird. see. But I don't I don't see the value in that. Keep the three best tight ends on the roster. But okay. Bird, Bird could still be that guy. Sure, he's just an undrafted free agent. And I haven't seen enough of him, and I don't know if he could possibly crack that that spot. I mean, Kendricks was good. He's starting to get up there in age a little bit, so it's like if they got somebody younger who can flash and do some more things, and, and they give you right. a little bit more, obviously you go that route. But that's that's one of the big things is the equation. You only you can only keep fifty three guys, so when they do these first cutdowns, what's it going to look like? But Trevor Davis could be on the outside looking in if he's the seventh guy and a wide receiver battle. So of the young guys, you mentioned Jamon Moore. I was a little nervous about him because he seemed like he came in with a lot of fire, a lot of attitude, but he was one of those who's got inside his head. I could see him having concentration and drop issues, but it sounds like he's performing well, and they need that to happen because he was a high draft pick. Right. Fourth rounder, you need those guys to step up. You know, he, at that point, you need those players to contribute in some way. And with, the, with Nelson leaving, with the receiver group being what it is, He's going he's gonna to be an important piece. He's going to have to contribute right. pretty soon. Do you think all three of those rookies make the roster? I do. You do? I think so. So they, some said Val, uh, Valdez Scantling may not, and, and but I don't think uh, – maybe of all the three, he might be the one guy you could stash on practice squad and he survives. Right. Jamon Moore is not – the practice squad, he's gone. He's gone within minutes. You and might then, still be able to – to cut Equinemius and get him like even though he was touted as like a gifted guy and and could have I think he should have gone before what the sixth round he should mm -hmm. have gone sooner mm -hmm. than that his dad is the issue there I believe was that really what it was I think it's the I think it's that I thought that was going to blow up LeVar Ball ruined it for all dads everywhere pretty much <laughs> is what the problem is and so the dad's the issue and I think some of that still lingers he's not you know like if he has an okay camp and then they end up cutting him and put him up, trying to get him on the practice squad, I think he'd still make it there because there's still going to be questions about dad. And I think teams just don't yeah. want – nobody wants a LeVar Ball. Yeah, but nothing. nobody is LeVar Ball. It's been, it's been quiet on that front, so I don't think that's necessarily going to be an issue. I think, I think it'll be fine. But you've got – last year everyone was excited about Michael Clark because of his size because it was just so against what Ted Thompson does. And right. now – Brian Kudekunz was like, um, not only, only size. that is That's going all I want. to be the standard. That's all I want. So Big all people. Of these guys, all these guys are huge. So all these corners in the NFC North are going to line up this year, and they're going to be like, whoa, what the hell happened? I like, like, I like the size that the the size thing seems to be a real thing mm -hmm, in Green Bay right mm -hmm. now, and I really like it. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, tall guy. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Tall quarterback. Mercedes uh, Lewis is huge. Boyle, tall quarterback. Jimmy Graham. Mercedes Lewis, big. They're all. He's bringing in all these really tall guys. He's adding a lot of size to the team, not just height, but physical, uh, you know, size. He's mm -hmm. adding a lot of size to this mm -hmm. roster, and I think that is something that not not that Ted stayed away from, but I don't think he emphasized, and he really should um, should have. So I I I like what Gutekunst has done as far as that goes. These wide receivers being six three, six four, six five. That's, so, so I mean, that's awesome. So draft hobbyist asks if, if we think the Gutekunst wants big wide receivers in general, is he look just looking for the big wide receiver? No, he wants size overall. Oh yeah. I think if Not you look throughout guy. the roster and everything he did this off season, you can see the sizes. It size matters to Brian Gutekunst. Right. Size yeah. does matter. Right? Size does matter. All right, guys. Well, in, insert Cialis commercial. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, so um, as far as the receiver battle goes more to come on that, but, they're in a healthy position. They've got the they've got the bodies and the guys. 
Equinemia Sync, you know what? The, the one thing, and obviously, I don't, you know, I knock on wood as I say this, but it does need to be mentioned is that the reality is, is by the end of training camp, some of these position battles are going to be decided, unfortunately, by injury. Yeah. So hopefully none of these guys gets hurt. But if one of them does, if even if one of these guys goes down, the Packers pretty much have their six guys. Yeah. So if Trevor Davis gets hurt, that takes care of that situation right there. Right. And I don't mean takes care of it as in we want him to get hurt, but unfortunately. It clears it, up it, the situation. It makes a clearer you, picture for sure. Gives you your answer by Michael default. Clark retiring cleared up the picture a bit. A little we bit. Weren't, we weren't going to be thinking about Michael Clark at all. You know, the thing about Valdez Scantling is I want to start hearing what he's contributing in special teams because I don't hear much about what he's doing as a receiver. That's where he's going to make the roster. I think he's got to take over something in special teams. He's got to be doing something in special teams. Everybody has talked about his raw ability, and I've heard comparisons to Jeff Janis as far as that stuff goes. Great. Put him at Gunner. See if he can do that. Let him return punts and kicks. See if he can do he's that. He's long. Big guy. Get out right. there. Stretch out. Block he's a actually got a lot of speed. He's fast. I think he I think he might have been the fastest of the three receivers they drafted. So he's a fast guy. Get him out there and see what he can do on special teams. I would like to see him doing more. And we haven't heard anything about, you know, if he's lining up on, with any of the special teams. Nobody's talked about that quite yet. But look for that. That's where, that's where he's going to win his spot. That's where Equinemius is going to win his spot. He's got to get out there, too. I mean, Equinemius, so far, we've heard nothing. We've heard very little about uh, Scantling. They both are going to have to make some noise on special teams. Because they, I don't see these young receivers being that uh, consistent as far as a wide receiver rotation goes. Look at what's on the, the roster for the offense. Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, you can run a lot of two tight end sets. And then... Uh, Devontae would be out there and Cobb would be out there. And then the running back group is so stacked with talent. You can also, <laughs> nice sites matters in the chat. Awesome. Uh, Ty Montgomery, put him in the backfield and you can, you can play so many sets with that group alone. You right. can, you can motion Mercedes Lewis into the backfield as the fullback and run out of I formation. You can spread them all out and go five wide. You can do so much with that group. And we didn't even talk about any of the rookies in there. Right. And Geronimo Allison wasn't even on that list. You know, there's there's so much depth on the offense as far as weapons go. Those young guys are going to have to be active in special teams because they're not really needed right now as wide receivers. That's not the primary need for them. Jamon right. Moore is having a good camp so far. If he's the next wide receiver off the bench after Randall Cobb or after Geronimo Allison, Awesome, but then where the hell are <laughs> everyone else going to go? Is Scantling and, and Equinemius, where are they so everybody, gonna... Yeah, and that's one thing everyone has to remember too is that Adams and Cobbs, Adams and Cobb are going to be on the field on a, almost every snap. Geronimo Allison more often than not, and like you said, Jimmy Graham is a, is a receiver. He's going to split right. out wide. So there's only so many spots you can have. So we talked about all these offensive weapons. We talked about the run game, the line, the wide receiver talent, but who is making the engine churn so we've got a new offensive coordinator who's not really new it's joe philbin joe philbin is back right jeremy what does this mean to you for the offense in terms of things that you hope improve i think joe philbin being back is um an underrated important uh piece to this working because they needed they needed a voice other than mccarthy which is why i think he went with having the the coordinators have their speeches they need a, a change-up as far as that goes. And Joe Philbin is a guy that they listen to in, in um, meetings. And he challenges them in meetings. I think it's really important to have him. But not only that, the restructuring of the playbook with the pieces that are there, that 
that screams to me, we're about to see a ton of Jimmy Graham, and we're about to see a ton of two tight end sets with Mercedes Lewis and Lance Kendricks, and uh, one of those two being on with Jimmy Graham. And we're, we're about to see a bunch of stuff that we haven't seen in a long time or we haven't seen at all. But Packer fans in general for the last, what, three years have been screaming that the offense was stale. We've right. been waiting for a change. So right. without changing the head coach, you could change your offense. You can change those things and stir it up a little bit so it's not so stale. I think the Joe Feldman hire is just as important as the Mike Patton hire. He he saves McCarthy from himself and the stubbornness mm-hmm. that he shows in game. And you've got the right talent. So are you going to do smarter things in the goal line? Are you going to maybe go for it when you're at the goal line in Seattle instead of kicking a field goal in the NFC Championship game, for example? Those are the types of things I hope Philbin can get creative with. You know, I've heard right. some talk about how the screen game is going to be more effective now. Mm-hmm. Great. Use Ty Montgomery the way he should be used. Get Randall Cobb moving around. You know, don't throw the freaking tight end screen to a Richard Rodgers type like they were before. Right. Like, that's that's what I'm kind of hoping that Philbin brings to the to the mix. And Philbin's been a head coach. Petten's been a head coach. Like, there's a lot of really good firepower at the top of these positional groups and at, at these units that right. – I think is really going to help. A lot of good leadership. I'm really excited about how multiple they can be with like the no huddle. Because with, you got to use with, your Mike McCarthy voice. If you're going to use that, you're going to say that. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think we'll be more I'll multiple. Think, I Jason. think we can be more multiple. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I, went, I went kind of I Mike McCarthy slash more. Brett Favre there. I went a little Brett Favre. I, I like how multiple they can be when they go in into the no huddle. Because if they go two tight ends and they have Jimmy Graham out there, you know he's going to spread out wide and be a receiver. You got, you're going to have Cobb and Adams on one side and, and Graham on the other. And then you got Lewis, who can either play fullback or play uh, an inline tight end. And then Ty Montgomery, I think Ty Montgomery or Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams, for that matter, either of any of those three can be a huge piece. But Ty Montgomery can motion out of the backfield to the other side. You can go. You can run so much of your playbook with that group because because of the pieces that were added. I'm excited to see what Joe Philbin has put together, and I'm excited to see them go no huddle. Here's the thing, Jeremy. It all boils down to this with the formations and the players they have, if healthy. Devontae Adams, one-on-one. That's it. Yep. Devontae Adams. One-on-one. One-on-one. Because there's too much to do. There's too much to cover. There's, too much. There's going to be too much to cover. I think there's been a lot of concern about the depth at wide receiver, but when you look at the offense as a whole, there's too much to cover, and Devontae Adams is going to get a lot of one-on-one. Uh, I'm actually I'm keeping Devonte Adams in my fantasy league this year, and I have to burn a third round pick to do it, and I think it's totally worth it. So keep in mind too, when you keep, you guys are asking about these young players, and you're asking about who's doing well, just keep in mind that Mike McCarthy's mantra is you earn your reps, you earn your playing time, and so if guys are getting more reps, and you're not hearing about certain other guys, it could maybe mean they're not showing well in camp, and they're not getting those opportunities because right. they haven't earned them. So when you're talking about Equinemia St. Brown, Valdez Scantling, and some of these younger guys, that that is kind of an underlying theory is if you're not hearing their name, there's probably something that they're not doing in practice. Right. So it's it's something to keep an eye on. Right. Awesome. Uh, now, did you want to hit on the uh, the Mike, Mike McCarthy topic? We well, are get- before we do that, before we do that real quick, uh, Aaron Rodgers, contract extension. Is this even a thing? Because te- he's under contract. Reportedly, it's it's close to happening. Is this a big deal? Do you think it's going to be a distraction if it doesn't get done? No, I don't. I think it's fine. And they asked Rodgers in the locker room if he thought about holding out. And his reaction was almost like, you guys are idiots. Why would it? Like, I don't. That's not how I function. That's not how I work. You know, he he wasn't snarky, but I could just feel it. that He was probably thinking, like, this is such a dumb question. No, I wasn't going to hold out. Uh, he's got two years on his deal, and they're working on a deal. 
So why would he why would he have hold, held out? Like they're working on it. They're working on a solution to that. So in good faith, you keep working with the team and they'll keep working with you. I think I think the contract is coming soon and there's one name to look out for for that information. James Jones. Scoop Jones. Scoop Jones. James Jones, that's it. Scoop you Jones. can unfollow everybody else on Twitter except for us and James Jones. That's all you need because James Jones is going to be the guy to break that news. Okay, so moving on from Aaron Rodgers, maybe the more important contract to talk about is Mike McCarthy's because he's good through this year, and, th- and then that's it. And there's been a lot of talk about what he has to accomplish this year to keep his job safe. Right. What is it for you? I, I think they have to go deep in the playoffs. Deep, it depends meaning, on, deep meaning what? It depends, on, it depends on health. Because you can't fire the guy if he's lost Aaron Rodgers for most of the season. Is that – I mean – Sure, you can make an argument that a change needs to be made, but if you lose Aaron Rodgers and no, you're stuck with Deshaun ca- that Kaiser, caveats everything. that's what I'm saying. So, like, injury is really a big piece of this. If they are a fairly healthy team with the talent that's on this roster, if they don't get to the NFC Championship, I think it's a tough it's a tough break for McCarthy that he's got to go. That, that is a, that's a tall task in the NFL, but honestly, it's realistic. If, you, if Aaron Rodgers is healthy because he's one of the few guys in, the, in this league that single-handedly takes a team – from being six and ten to right. being thirteen and three. So Rogers takes you eighty percent of the way there. Probably more. Probably but you're right. Pro- probably more. Yeah. A big chunk of it, right? So okay, let, let's go backwards a little bit because I just want to say, I think McCarthy is a great coach. I don't think that, I don't think there's a lot of coaches in the league that compare to Mike McCarthy. I think he's fantastic, and if anybody can turn this around, he can. If he can win his job back, if anybody can do it, he's the guy that can get that done. I believe that. But when Brian Gutekunst signed his, his deal to be the GM of the Packers, he took that job. If he was going to keep McCarthy beyond this year, he would have signed McCarthy to an extension. Now, maybe he didn't. We don't know about it yet. That's possible. But as far as we know, this is he's got, I think he's got two years, right? He's got this year and next. Yeah, but you never, keep, you never this keep a coach in his last year. That's a, you, you know, so that they are, they're in a place where, Brian Gutekunst is going to have a choice he can make to bring in a guy that he likes or keep Mike McCarthy. And you better believe that he's thinking about, he's thought about this. If he wants to hire somebody else, he's going to have the chance to do that. He wants that chance. He deserves that chance. He's the GM, and he deserves to go out and get the guy that he likes. And if it's not Mike McCarthy, he's going to do so. And Mike McCarthy doesn't get, I said NFC Championship, but if Mike McCarthy doesn't fulfill whatever Brian Gutekunst has set as the parameters for success on the season, if he doesn't do that, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone. There's, there's only Marvin Lewis is out, is out in Cincinnati. Yep. So there's only two head coaches right now with, with double-digit years well, he's in not, tenure. He's not out yet. He'll be fired at the end of the year. Marvin Lewis is still there. Is he still there? Yeah, he's still there. Which I, It's funny that you say that and you're like, you believe that he's gone because like he should be. <laughs> I mean – He's like he's like a cockroach. He just won't die. Like, I, and I, I think what that comes down to is, is um, the Bengals never want to spend any money. They never want to spend any money. Mike Brown likes his money. He never well, wants anyway, to spend any. The the point is why well, I, I because I thought Marvin Lewis was going to come be the Packers defensive coordinator, but that was a long time. Oh ago. yeah, he that was yeah. So there's but but the point is is there's only three you know there's only a small handful of coaches that have double digit years in the league. Right. The Bengals are idiots. The Patriots obviously are the Patriots, and they have many, many, a lot of hardware to show for their right. their head coach. Mike McCarthy has had a quarterback. He has had zero quarterback problems if you take injury out of the equation since the day he stepped foot in Green right. Bay 13 years ago. He's they have been to one Super Bowl. One. That is that is the to me that is the problem, and right. unfortunately, 
you can say the Packers just want to make money. They don't care about winning. The NFL is about winning. It's about making profits and money, and that's true. But it does matter. It does. It does matter to an extent in Green Bay. There is still a you know the uh, the novelty of winning. Right. It's still is still very important in the in the fans' opinion and reaction. Draft hobbyist asks if you would replace him with Joe Philbin then, and I. You got you could I, I don't know I, I don't know what Gu, I don't know what Kuntz is thinking I don't know what, I, I mean when I don't I don't say that as in like I don't agree with it I literally don't know what he would be thinking I think he inter- like I think he at least gets an interview I think yeah. Patton would get an interview Patton, yep but I think ultimately what it comes down to is what's who's at the top of Gutekunst's list because he's going to have his choice he mm-hmm. can have whoever's out there and available is going to want to come to Green Bay it's a desirable job right. Because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. It's a desirable so whoever's job. Whoever's out there is going to want to be here. He's going to have the pick of the litter. He's not going to have to have Joe Philbin. And I wouldn't want – I personally would not want Joe Philbin because his time in, in Miami was not great. Uh, well, okay. It's hard to say that because Miami's roster sucked. So, I don't no, I don't know. He's, he's a, a coordinator. He's I don't a, think he's a head coach. He, I don't, that's how I feel, that he's a coordinator. He's not a head coach. But he would at least interview, interview for the job. Sure. That's what I think. Sure. Absolutely. But, but the point is, Mike McCarthy has it. He's got a, a bar and a set of standards placed on him that there probably not a lot of other coaches would have. But unfortunately, it's fair mm-hmm. because of the situation that he's in. Right. You're lucky because you're in a great situation that you have the best quarterback in football. You're right. unlucky because you have the best quarterback in football and you need to do a lot with it. This team went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, and we've had all this time of Hall of Fame quarterback play. Aaron Rodgers will be in the Hall of Fame. We've had two back to back, and there's been. Three, two, three, 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 three Super, Super Bowl, Bowl appearances, appearances yep. two Super Bowl wins yep. in all of that time, to me, is a travesty. That yep. is terrible. Yep. 26 terrible. years. So if McCarthy can't get it done, they got to get somebody who can get it done before Rodgers is gone. They need to win at least one Super Bowl. One yep. more Super Bowl with Rodgers. Yeah, they definitely do. And he wants that more than anything, so it answers the question of who won more championships, and he wants to oust Favre. He, not, he wants to outdo, not oust, but outdo Favre. He already ousted Favre. That was 10 years ago. I think whatever. he's already outdone Favre, personally. But I agree. I agree. But listen, I, I, we won't go too far into this because the Brett Favre conversation could go forever. Another I love show. Brett Favre. And I think he is the most entertaining quarterback that I've ever watched. That does not mean he was the best one that I've ever watched. And Brett Favre was pretty damn great. But I would always take Aaron Rodgers over Brett Favre. Agreed. And I wouldn't have said that a long time ago. So, I mean, it's a huge win for the Packers that they went from one to the other and they actually improved. Yeah. That's impressive. Huge. So, uh, two days into camp, this was fun. This was a lot. Yes. We covered a lot of stuff. You heard the Ticket King ad at the beginning of the show. Check out Ticket King for all of your Packers game tickets. You can't buy them, obviously. So great place to go for your ticket needs, not just for sports, but also for concerts and other venues and things of that nature. Cheesehead TV is churning out amazing content every day. Our team of writers, we've got some new guys that have joined the team doing a fantastic job. So make sure you're checking out Cheesehead TV, Packers Talk for all the latest podcasts. Yeah, check out Pack-A-Day. That just started Pack-A-Day, Andy Herman with with his team and his crew. A great concept that they put together over there, too. So any parting thoughts before we sign off? No, man. I mean, I'm excited football's back. This was exactly what I was hoping it'd be. And and, uh, so far, so good in camp. Only only three guys were injured in the last practice. And and not – I mean, they didn't practice. So Aaron Jones, uh, Bulaga, and Nick Perry, that's it. Yeah. They're a healthy team going into camp. Things are going really well. So far. Yeah. So far. So this went well. We did a thing today. Hopefully this is something we can continue doing. So we'll have several more practices that we can overanalyze very, very soon. Want to thank everybody for listening and tuning in. Next time we'll give it some more promo 
and we'll give you more notice so you can block out half your day to listen to Cheesehead TV Live. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Go Pack Go. Thank you for listening to Cheesehead TV Live. Check out CheeseheadTV.com for more great Packers content.